Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome to Essex Church and to this religious community of Kensington Unitarians. It's Sunday morning. And I think it's good to join together with others for an hour of singing and silence, thoughts and words and prayers. And my hope is that during this hour, each of us will find something that connects us with one another, with something in our own lives, some message perhaps from a deeper part of ourselves, some way to feel held perhaps by that which we consider to be divine, that spirit of life and love that links us all. Ours is a community, as I often say, created by all those who walk through our doors. So whether you feel quite new here this morning or as someone for whom this is your spiritual home, all are welcome here today. And a few words from Richard Gilbert, a Unitarian Universalist minister, writing about life as unfinished business. In the midst of the whirling day, in the hectic rush to be doing, in the frantic pace of life, pause here for a moment. Catch your breath. Relax your body. Loosen your grip on life. And consider that our lives are always unfinished business. Imagine that the picture of our being is never complete. So let us allow our lives to be works in progress. I always like to think of the thousands of congregations around the world that will be lighting a chalice today, a bit like us, connecting this liberal community. And um, one such community is called the International Council of Unitarians and Universalists. And they, every month, send out a global chalice lighting. And, And this one comes from the congregation in South Africa. And they write, a bit of a different landscape from ours... As we gather in the shadow of our mountain, the ocean laps around our feet. We reach deep for the silence within. We feel the rhythm of the ancient drum and we light our flame and it lifts us high. Our rainbow seems alight. Diverse as we are, together as one, Our flame will shine afar and guide our journey's light. Some words from the Unitarians in South Africa. In which I call on the spirit of life and love that shines within each of us to be here with us now and to illuminate this, our time of worship. That insight and clarity might shine through us, brightening our spirits and those all around us.
Many of us liberals do still pray, though we may not feel sure who or what we pray to. Some speak of God or the great mystery of Lord or Goddess or the Divine. And some of us can no longer put a name to something vast, unknowable. Some of us sense a wisdom within our own beings and are comforted by that. But let us not be put off by this inability to name the nameless. Let us be able in quiet moments such as this, to allow ourselves time for reflection. Allow ourselves the chance to relate with something greater than ourselves. To relate with something that encourages us to be the best that we can possibly be and accepts us just as we are. In a few moments of stillness now, I invite you, if you wish, to direct your thoughts and prayers to those people and places you feel that are most in need of loving attention. And may the divine light that shines throughout the universe shine now on this, our place of worship. And may this, our time together, be illuminated and inspired by all that is great and good. Amen. Much of um, today's service focuses on my recent experiences of visiting South Carolina in the United States to spend time with a Unitarian Universalist congregation in the state capital city of Columbia. And much of the material that I've chosen for worship is from American writers and musicians. But these three very brief stories I'm going to tell are definitely from other places and other times. They're about religious people and how hard it is to sometimes live by our faith. They're about the sometimes funny and often painful inconsistencies that we humans show in the way that we live our lives. I think they're the kind of inconsistencies that are shown the world over. Anthony DeMello, the the once-time Jesuit priest, tells the story of a tourist visiting a town and complimenting his guide on the number of churches that he saw. The people, he says, the people here, they must surely love the Lord. Hmm, said the guide, well perhaps they do love the Lord, but they sure as hell hate each other. (laughs) And DeMello went on then to tell of the World Fair of Religions. And at this fair, you can visit the Christian stall and you can learn that God is love and that there is no salvation outside the church. You must join or face eternal damnation. And you can visit the Jewish stall and you can find that God is all compassionate and that the Jews are God's chosen people. And as the Islamic stall, you can hear that Allah is all merciful 
and that salvation comes only from following the guidance of the prophet Muhammad. (coughs) And one visitor to this fair of religions asks another what he thinks of God in the light of these exhibitions. And the friend replies that God seems pretty bigoted and unfair, choosing some people to save, damning others. And so when the visitor gets home, he has a quiet word with God and asks him why he puts up with this sort of thing. Doesn't he realise that human beings have been giving him a bad name for centuries? And God gently replies, I didn't organise the fair, and frankly I'd be far too ashamed ever to visit it. And then Mullah Nasruddin, the holy fool of Sufism, was talking at the end of his life about all the troubles that he'd got into. How he'd beaten his wife and his children, he'd got into fights with his neighbours, he'd drunk far too much, he'd stolen a few things and served some time in prison. But, he said, I never lost my religion. (laughs) And the question, of course, is, what kind of religion is that? That's religions, tolerant or otherwise, which I guess is all of us, really. We're going to read um, a a short piece now written by uh, James Luther Adams, who's um, a a really well-regarded Unitarian theologian. There aren't many Unitarian theologians around, and he certainly is one of the best. I call that church free. I call that church free, which enters into covenant with the ultimate source of existence. That sustaining and transformative power, not made with human hands. It binds together families and generations, protecting against the idolatry of any human claim to absolute truth or authority. And this covenant is the charter and the responsibility and joy of worship in the face of death as well as life. I call that church free, which brings individuals into a caring, trusting fellowship. And that protects and nourishes their integrity and spiritual freedom that yearns to belong to the spiritual church universal. It is open to insight and conscience from every source. It bursts through rigid tradition, giving rise to new and living language, to new and broader fellowship. It is a pilgrim church, a servant church, on an adventure of the spirit. The goal is the prophethood and priesthood of all believers, the one for the liberty of prophesying, the other for the ministry of healing. And it aims to find unity in diversity under the promptings of the Spirit that bloweth where it listeth and maketh all things new. Last year, last year we ran a worship studies course here at Essex Church. 26 people from, I think, 12 different congregations gathered to learn more of the art and craft of creating worship. And when it came to the session on preaching, one of the main points made was the importance of clarifying in just a sentence what it is you want to convey, your key message. But then trying to do that for today's service wasn't so easy, and I'm still not sure what the point of this is. 
Um, well, when it comes to the message, well, in truth, today's message is, I went on holiday to America for two and a half weeks, and now I'm going to tell you all about it. <laughs> Thank goodness I can't show you the photos. <laughs> And it wasn't all holiday or vacation, as they say, over in the States. The main purpose of my trip, as I mentioned earlier, was to spend time with the Unitarian Universalists of Columbia in South Carolina, who send their greetings to you as a congregation. And a number of their members are now planning to come over here and visit us when they travel across the pond, as the Atlantic is affectionately known. And I guess I could make a key point out of this service from the idea that travel is good for us. It shakes up our certainties, our idea that things have to be a certain way. I mean, some of you may know this already, but do you know in America they drive on the right? Like most of Europe, bizarre, isn't it? So I was already used to that oddity. But in South Carolina, and I don't know if it is the rest of the states, they also have a rule about behaviour at traffic lights, which says that you can turn right on a red light if it's safe to do so. Now, actually, it's a sensible rule in a country where they've got lots of space, they've got lots of big roads, and they've got not so many cars as we have here in Notting Hill but I spent my whole time there feeling extremely adventurous, turning right when there was a red traffic light. And Americans do one or two other strange things that you might be aware of. They put a kind of sweet syrup on their bacon at breakfast time, and they're also, at least to a reserved British person like myself, unbelievably open and friendly, with complete strangers more than happy to engage in deep conversation wherever they found us, in a supermarket, at a petrol station, in a restaurant. All was revealed. And I guess if you've had the chance to travel in the world, I, you'll know what I'm saying, that, that travel can be good for us. It feels healthy, doesn't it, to be confused and to have our set ways of thinking and being challenged from time to time. And you'll also perhaps know, unless you're a higher being, um, how easy it is to fall into the kinds of stereotyping that I've just exhibited. We need our stereotypes in order to try and make sense of what we're experiencing, but we have to shed them pretty quickly if we're going to relate with people as they really are. America is such a vast country. It is indeed the United States with an, an S on the end. It's a union of diverse states made up of diverse people, just like everywhere else, and it varies a great deal. And of course, because there's such a richness of American culture available to us on TV and in films and literature, again, I had to work to dispel the myths and the stereotypes and the oversimplification that um, culture can bring. I mean, I know not to think that life in London is really like the TV soap EastEnders, but I did find it hard in America not to keep harking back to films I have loved and images that I remember, both positive and negative. I have been enjoying watching Breaking Bad, and I tell you, I did keep looking nervously over my shoulder at some people, but none of the characters were there. So, like all places and all people, America is full of contradictions. And aren't they, in the end, what, what we're given to ponder upon when we c 
consider both the glorious and the ghastly in human nature, because it's all there, isn't it, in all of our societies and in all of our cultures and in all of our hearts. Now, as a Unitarian minister, I've got much to thank our liberal cousins for Over the Pond, because although they're only a tiny denomination, in American terms, the Unitarian Universalists are a pleasingly and positive dynamic organisation. They've got about 100 and, no, 1,040 congregations in the United States and abroad. They join in the Unitarian Universalist Association, which has approximately, I think, 121,000 individual members in the um, states. In some ways, they're similar to us. We do similar things, as, as you mentioned earlier. Um, their website says, Unitarian Universalism is a liberal religion with Jewish-Christian roots. It has no creed. It affirms the worth of human beings, advocates freedom of belief, and the search for advancing truth, and tries to provide a warm, open, supportive community for people who believe that ethical living is the supreme witness of religion. I think that just about covers us, really. They have got a really strong campaigning witness on social justice issues. They produce really useful worship materials. And we in Britain have some great ministers that have been trained in the States. There are similarities and there are differences. One from the congregation in Colombia that will stay with me forevermore and leave me a little jealous. They have over 100 children enrolled in their religious education programme. And because they have no religious education in their state schools, um, liberals in a place like South Carolina are seeking a very liberal curriculum for their children. And that's one of the reasons that they attend churches so I'm jealous about that. It would be lovely to have 100 children here, wouldn't it? But they're not so jealous of some of the incredibly painful issues that those liberals have to deal with. Gun law, racism, violent campaigns against abortion rights and capital punishment. It's clear that America, just as we do, we need a liberal religious voice that declares the equality and the inherent worth of each and every individual, whatever politics, colour, gender, sexual orientation, or the many other ways that we can divide ourselves one from another. So, thank you for putting up with this, what I did on my holidays. <laughs> and I really look forward, over a cup of tea later, to hearing stories of your travels and places where you've made mistakes at traffic lights. Amen. The closing words from John Murray, founder of uh, Universalism, a religion that um, counteracted the, the beliefs of Calvinism at the time that said that only the chosen would be saved. And John Murray said, how can a loving God not choose everybody? Go out, he says, into the highways and byways. Give the people something of your new vision. You may possess a small light, but uncover it, let it shine. Use it in order to bring more light and understanding to the hearts and minds of men and women. Give them not hell, 
but hope and courage. Preach the kindness and everlasting love of God. Amen. Go well and blessed be.